podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Oh, that's beautiful. God, like <laughs> the Welsh choir. Um, pod three twenty-five. I'm Jim Daly, and joining me this week we have James Endicott. Hello. How welcome, are you doing? Welcome back. I know. I've I've, I've been away. I, I was basically waiting until we'd won three games on the bounce before coming back, <laughs> thinking that would never happen. And I'd kind of retire gently from the pod, but we've won three games on the bounce, so here I am. Well, it's yeah. good to have you back, good. and we're also joined by Dom Firefield of the Athletic. How are Hello. you? I'm very well. Thanks, how are you doing? Uh, very good, indeed. Can you tell us what you've just been doing minutes ago? Uh, I, I have been speaking to the man who was Crystal Palace's record signing for 15 years. Wow. 15 wow. years, and he probably didn't play 15 games. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. He didn't play 15 time. minutes, did he? Oh, well, hardly. Uh, yeah, he's not going <laughs> to... It was for a piece, because this is Valerian Ismail. He plays, he take, he's in charge of an Austrian club that play Manchester United in the Europa League on Thursday night. Um, he, he thinks I'm writing a nice piece about his career. Um, well, I am in many ways. Well, he, well, post Palace, he did have a very good he career. He had an amazing career. Two doubles with Werder Bremen and, and Bayern Munich in Germany. Fantastic. Obviously doing working wonders at Las Glintz at the moment. But um, yeah, he, in fairness, I did talk to him about that night against Wimbledon when he came up mm. against Carl Lieben, mm. with whom I'd spent half an hour last week talking about... About Valerian Ismail, who he didn't remember. Oh, <gasps> didn't oh remember. dear, that's bad. Know. You know you're putting a bad performance when, yeah, Carl Lieben doesn't remember you. <laughs> um, and our fourth guest is a very special guest indeed. It's one of our super patrons and part of his uh, perks. He's joining us on the pod. He's a very, very nice man. It's Mr. Mike Clark. How are you doing? I'm brilliant, Jim. Thank you for uh, letting me on. It's great to have you. And you've turned up in FYP merch. Exactly. I thought I'd do a bit of advertising. Um, And it was also a present from the the good lady. uh, uh, It's the uh, Speroni tees that we did a couple of years ago. Designed by Jesse, Jesse Boyce. Looking superb. Uh, Right, should we get some admin done at the top of the pod? Yeah. The first one is a shout out to uh, another one of our patrons and friend of the pod, Mark Silverstein. Now, Mark, if any of you guys have done the marathon march in the last couple of years for the foundation... Mark has raised literally thousands of pounds for the foundation during the marches the last couple of years. And he's doing another one this weekend. They're doing a bike to Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few people have taken part in it. Mark is doing it. And he would love a bit more support from people. So if anyone's able to lend Mark five or a ten or twenty, whatever, to help him and the foundation, please do. He's a very nice guy. He's incredibly supportive of the foundation. And he's got better legs than I will ever have for doing any of these <laughs> things. So fair play to him. His Just Giving page is justgiving.com forward slash Mark hyphen Silverstein, which is S-I-L-V-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. 
two. Letter number two. Um, you ready for an iTunes review? Always. Ooh, yes, yeah. please. We've got two, actually. Wow. So this one's from CPFC Andy. Are they five-star ones, obviously? They are five-star ones. All the non-five-star ones get weeded out, so oh. um, not their own. Um, he says, required listening for the discerning Palace fan. Ooh. Ooh. You want a not-too-serious chat about Palace matters, blended with the occasional sidetrack onto some oddball topic? Then you're in the right place. I could have written that. That's brilliant. Um, thank you very much, Andy. Did, did you write that? Excellent, Andy. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, well, it wasn't Andy Street. Um, and we've also had another one here from Will Winter 10. You know, we've been asking people to leave them in the style of Palace players oh, yes, and yes, or yeah, staff. Yeah. And he's put a review by the American owners, and there's just nothing there. Ooh, Ooh a little dig. Do you know what? That's good. That's getting some FYP badges. Fair Ooh, play to you, perfect. Will Winter. Oh, he's also left it with Up the Palace. So oh, there we go. Um, that, that's it. That's the admin done. Let's crack on with part one, which is where we review Palace's latest game. And like you say, James, third win on the bounce, third 1 0 win on clean the bounce. Sheet, Another clean bounce. sheet. Yeah, I know. What, what's going on? Well, my, my main question here, what I've written down is is, is, is that Peak Hodgson? <laughs> is, that, is that Roy's brother? <laughs> never know it might be or it's, maybe it's his sister I don't know it's a weird name isn't it Pete Hodgson um, it is isn't it I mean you know it's it hasn't been I, I wasn't at the Brighton game but I was at the Newcastle game and the Watford game and um, I'm sure you spoke about the other two quite a lot but it's, it wasn't as we were just saying earlier on it wasn't a classic on Saturday um, but you know we are we are grinding out results and we are we are keeping clean sheets and we're, we're looking we're looking all right, you know. We're looking all right. It's it's weird because it's not the most actually saying that against Newcastle the first half against Newcastle yeah, was yeah, yeah. so exciting. Yeah. And uh, when we didn't start like like that on uh, Saturday, I was a little bit worried, you know, because oh, you knew that the game would end up in a bit of a fist fight because it's Watford and it always does. It all gets a bit aggy and a bit tetchy. And I thought, well, you know, the way we started against Newcastle, I really wanted to do that against Watford. It didn't happen, but we managed to get a goal in the first half, which kind of, I wouldn't say totally against the run of play, but I think we're quite lucky to go in one up. But, we, you know, we did boss them in the second half, and I don't think we really looked like um, losing, even though they had a couple of chances. But, no, it's, it's, it's very exciting times, you know. I did hear that dreaded comment as I was walking out of the, uh, the ground on Saturday. Some, uh, some rather drunken uh, fans were all singing We're Going on a European Tour, <laughs> which I thought was a little bit presumptuous. But, you know, why not? We can, we can dream. We're football fans. We have to dream. But, you know, it's, it's a great position to be in, isn't it? It's a great position to be in. Having, you know, having 39 points at this stage of the season. We've had the last three games not, not conceding. We've got a forward who, who can score goals and can mm. find the net. Uh, and we've got a midfielder who's running around like a headless chicken, but actually doing all right with the head, with no head. Which one's that? Uh, <laughs> all of them. Um, <laughs> James James McCarthy was running around. It wasn't like a headless chicken. He was just running around a lot. I just got my the, the wrong words came out. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, this is the thing, Mike. I want to ask you because obviously we, we, my dad and I sat with you second half of the Brighton yeah. game. You Rescued and Kat, you, from the uh, from the singing section. You saved us big time, you and Kath. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> And it, that was, I, I didn't go to Watford game on Saturday because I was driving to Bournemouth for a very tough gig. Um, but I heard Selzy and Rob post-match talk about this. And they're talking about... It's, it, Selzy saying it's exciting when we win regardless of what the football's like. And again, the Brighton game was another sort of dogged performance, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. For you, is it, is it exciting or quote-unquote exciting regardless of the football? Does it just matter about the wins? I think everyone gets more positives out of a, a bad performance where we when we win. I think Roy alluded to it in the press conference a couple of weeks ago and he said 
even the, the press, they, they, they've changed their mind at the last minute. You're 1-0 up with five minutes to play. You think Watford a few seasons ago, we were terrible for 85 minutes. Yeah. We scored two yeah. two goals and it just turned that game. It was a terrible game. Yeah. But because we turned it round with that wonderful MacArthur goal off the, the, the non-assist from Wilf because of the slightest <laughs> little <know>. nick <laughs> after him taking the complete mickey out of their their left back. I think it was, uh, was it Dummett at the time or somebody? I can't remember. I'm not sure. Um, and, and again, that changed what was for 85 minutes painful it was horrible Um, and I think the last three games I've been to all three of them so you saw you at Brighton and in all three of those games you never thought that you were going to lose they never looked I I actually was sitting there um, Saturday night Sunday trying to remember the 10 shots that Watford had apart from that (laughs) Deeney one where he he hit an absolute screamer even while Macca was trying to push him over from from behind Um, and a and a a greater save that looked like it was going to sneak past anyway from a, from a header. Didn't really notice them really troubling us apart from a little bit in the beginning. I think we all look at things with rose tinted glass about how well you play if you win, um, and if you play really well, and then somebody nicks it like Newcastle did back in was at November time, and then you're mm. yeah, it's like it's yeah. the whole world's ended. Yeah, um, I mean, I, th- I think you're right. I think if if they had have equalised in the last sort of five ten minutes on Saturday, this pod would be a lot different. Oh, All the powers would be totally different. Which is which is in the season. Exactly, in the season. Which is what we love about being football fans because exactly, we're, we're yeah. all fickle. Uh, uh, and that's <laughs> the brilliant. thing is, I don't support Palace. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't support Palace because I want to. I'm not a glory hunter. I'm not a gold digger. I want my brother-in-law up, who is a, a classic Liverpool fan, having grown up in New Addington. Um, I mean, fair play. He does. He does properly support Liverpool from afar. Um, Celtic will be seething right. Uh, now. <laughs> we've all got them. I, I, I spent a bit of time down in in Sussex um, for work for many years, and I, I coach golf for a living. I now work in the industry slightly differently, but there are so many lads that I used to coach who live and work and, and, and around that sort of Brighton area, South Sussex, they're all Liverpool fans, they're all United fans, but most of them have got season tickets at Brighton now. Um, it's that classic one, they say Brighton, um, and we've all got those guys. I'm not one of those guys, I sort of, I'm not quite Selzy. I It was <laughs> late 70s, early 80s, I can't remember. My lead supporting uncle took me to my first game at Selhurst um, to see Vince play. Um, and we played Leeds and the classic one is probably the only time I've ever left the game early and Vince scored while we were walking out (laughs) so I went to see my hero and my (laughs) uncle who was uh, my cousin sorry who was so determined not to get crushed and it was back in the day when you could stand in the Arthur Waite. Oh, wow. Um, and, yeah, he's like, no, Mike, we've got to go now. I, I must have only been about eight, nine. And uh, I managed to miss my hero scoring the goal, the winning goal. On the, and I've never tried, never been able to work out which game that was. But I know it's it was the team of the 80s, obviously, in those well, years. Don't worry, Palace have let you down many times oh, since. Many I'm sure. Times, yeah. um, Dom, from a sort of journalist perspective, so you've watched a lot of football, seen a lot of managers and, and stuff. I'm sure from the press side, there's a lot of respect for Roy and what he does. And we're going to come on to one of your pieces later for the athletic part. And it goes back to the transfer dealings as well. What Roy's been dealt with, he's actually doing a pretty good job, regardless of the football, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I, and I, I think he's doing a fantastic job with the resources he's got. And I know people have argued that there's a lot of quality in the squad, but there's a lot of quality in the squad in certain areas and there's not in others. Um, we've got uh, you know lots of options at centre half, all of which are excellent, and we're now seeing Scott Dan excel when he was probably fourth or fifth choice at times this season. Uh, we've got 
so many options in central midfield that our club captain can't even get in from the start at the moment. So that illustrates that. But there's an imbalance there because we're still the shortcomings are still there and they're still obvious um, in terms of a lack of depth. And what Hodgson's doing with an imbalanced squad is incredible. I think it's amazing um, to think that we've, we're in mid-March. We've won as many games as we've lost. We've got 39 points. I mean, it's just... Which is the most we've had at this yeah, stage? Yeah, well, we're saying that every week, though, aren't we? Mm, yeah. We're winning every week. Yeah, so that's great. It's, uh, and to be honest, they had to do it this time because I actually looked at, the, I looked at the, the last six games. I think they're a bit... They're tricky compared to previous seasons when we've, we've had that sort of late right. spurt of results. These ones are, are slightly iffier on paper, but you know, at the moment, it looks like we're going to be careering into them with, uh, with lots of um, confidence and, and form on our side. But... There is a lot of respect within the media for for what Roy did. I mean, I think he, he got tested at times when he was manager of England, and, and you know he 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 can be fractious, he can be prickly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but he can also be charming. He he gives us his time. He's, I think he's honest with what he what he tells us. Um, Do you think he has a lot of respect from the players? Yeah, I think he has yeah. a lot of respect from this pl- these players. Th- these players, yeah. I mean, largely, I, I suspect any manager has a lot of respect from players that. Who, you know, if, if he plays them, of course. And yeah. at the moment, we've got such a small squad. I yeah. think he's probably much played them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and you only have to listen to what James MacArthur was saying about about him and the style of play um, in the week. And it, yeah, there is a lot there. I think a lot of them will be will have welcomed the news that he's signed, signed on for another year. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, the. There, we'll come on in the second part. There are issues, but, you know, other than that, that we need to address sure. at some yeah. point. But I think who else could get a tune out of that squad at the moment, considering the, the injuries and the lack of depth up front. I mean, we get a couple of injuries up front. We would, Tosin yeah. was a bit of a, <clears throat> was a typical Palace moment. Right. Another, another knee, <laughs> knee injury. You know, how many of our targets either pre or say and since post have had knee issues? We had the, the, the striker from Italy who was virtually um, signed on, did his cruciate. Then well, yeah. Ferguson and now Tosin. We, 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 with the luck that we've had with potential targets as well who else would be so level-headed go okay right let's just work with what we've got you think back to when we didn't have a striker a couple of seasons ago and everyone lost at the, the Leicester game when we were 5-0 and yeah. we didn't have a striker then didn't, we yeah, playing, didn't I mentioned it to you at Brighton didn't I, I mean, we go back to Townsend and mm. Wilf up front or even oh, yeah. Ayu and Wilf up front he would find a way whatever squad he's been given but if if we can give him some proper players, yeah, as everyone alludes to, how good could he get us to play? Mm. Um, See, what I've done there, lads, is I've got us to talk about the part two thing in part one. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 we, we have to spend eight minutes on it in part two. So um, let's... <laughs> There was a choice, I believe, for the, of the article later earlier. I, yeah, there's so many good articles, actually, that I gave you guys two choices, but we are going to talk about Dom's one, mainly because I want him to read it out, because it would be like an audio book. Which we've never had the chance before. Really, so, really, um, renegotiate the contract, I think. Yeah, sort of like voiceover work now be, as well. Oh, yeah. It's going to be beautiful. Anyway, let's go back to the Waterford game um, briefly a lot of questions um, about referee uh, Anthony Taylor uh, none of them complimentary you'll be surprised to, to hear uh, Paul Kensley has said can you remember a Watford Palace game in recent history where Kapu hasn't deserved to be sent off how does he get away with murder every single time uh, Tommy Smith says always seems to be Anthony Calamity Taylor in charge <laughs> not good enough 
he continuously gets away with murder. I don't think he means him. I think he probably means Kapoor as well. And Liaz says, how bad a ref is Anthony Taylor? He lost complete control starting from booking Wilf. I think he's the worst of the lot. Um, I've, I saw the replay of the Wilf thing with Kapoor. Because yeah. Wilf got booked for his only foul, didn't he? Yeah. And then there was a clash with Kapoor and Kapoor basically does what Luca did in the yeah. in the key derby yeah. game and yeah. leans in he just leans in and, I think and then ne- uh, Wilf pushes Wilf pushes him yeah. I think neither of them got booked from that did Kapoor get booked from that it looked like it could have been Kapoor got booked subsequently yeah they, for an argument yeah. with um, with Chiata they had proper right. so no one got I mean you know, yeah. I was shouting and bawling at Kapoor obviously you know absolutely yeah. going mental from the from the from the crowd as as most Palace fans were but you know in the, in the cold light of day you know he's he's you know, and hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn here Every, you know, we all need players like Kapoor in your team you know he, he likes to get stuck in he's a pain in the you know and he's and he's annoying but you know he's just you if you're, if you're a Watford fan you'd be glad that he's there because yeah. he really ruffles the other team up and he was winding Wilf up he was winding he was winding the crowd up and the, you know Players love to wind. Yeah. You know what? We, love we, it, now, you know. we do now have someone like that. Yeah, yeah. with James McCarthy. But you're yeah. right. We have been missing a. We have been missing it. And, and I was watching. Thinking, that's the sort of play we need. You know, he's Jedinak esque. You know, but maybe not as good. I don't think Jedi was quite as violent. Better beard. Uh, <laughs> a better, definitely a better beard. Definitely a better beard. Well, had a beard. Jedi, did you see the tweet the club put out during the week calling him the Gator? Yes. The Gator? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't remember him calling him that. No. But yeah. it was that classic... <laughs> That's against, weird, isn't it? But it was that classic Especially JD about what... <laughs> yeah. like, it just all got so aggy, didn't it? And it was just... It all got really tetchy, which was bound to happen before the kickoff. You knew it would do. Because they hate us so much. I, I was sat with somebody uh, on the train on the way back home from Noah Junction. There was a couple of... Um, Watford fans opposite me. And this, I was just got chatting to the guy. We are talking about the game. I said, you're in real trouble, aren't you? He went, yeah, yeah, and you lot. And he was just we're talking about the game. Because you know what? I really, really hate Palace. <laughs> and he was, he, was, yeah. he was a very level-headed man in his sort of 40s. You know, we had, had one of his kids there. And he, he wasn't, you know, wasn't some oik. Mm. I really hate Palace. I really, really hate Zahar. And I really hate Palace. I hate this club. <laughs> and, I, and I just think there's so much hate. It's, it's, for, for me, I, I actually find it quite laughable. I think it's hilarious. The funny, the funny thing about Watford is, and I don't think I don't know whether this was ever written, but I, and I don't know whether it happens under Nigel Pearson, so I should probably use that as a precursor. <laughs> but under previous managers, in the build-up to Palace games, they have whipped themselves up into a yeah. frenzy about yeah. Zaha to an extent yeah. that mm. you know that they've scrutinised clips of him, they've had player meetings, they've 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 analysed him to the nth degree because they're convinced he, well, that they're convinced he cheats. Yeah. Right. So well, genuine, genuinely, got, he's got in. He's, he is in their heads, and this is born of 2013. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you want a legitimate penalty, born of 2013, um, and every single encounter since. Weirdly, uh, when Capu did the the very early horrible foul on the Achilles at Zaha yeah. at Vicarage Road. 2017, that was in like the first two minutes yeah, of the game, wasn't yeah, it? That, that was, was last season, yeah. That was, I think they won their first three games, didn't they? They had yeah, a yeah. pristine record after yeah. three matches. And um, that was a Saturday game, which I, I covered. But on the Sunday, I got asked to come on um, what was then Sports Week on Five Live with... with um, Richardson, um, Dave, oh, I can't remember his first name. That's John Richardson. Oh, John yeah. Richardson? No, John Richardson. James Richardson? James Richardson? No. No, not James John Richardson. John Richardson. Oh, anyway, sorry, sorry Richardson. Sorry, Richardson. Richardson. Terrible. Um, but anyway, they, they did a live interview with Etienne Capoue. 
Oh, wow. and it was it was all based upon oh Watford have done had this amazing start. Let's let's talk to uh, Watford. In fairness, have got an amazing press department who put people up for things like that. So I'm sat there as a Palace fan, having witnessed what you've done to Wilf in the first five minutes, <laughs> and, and Etienne Capoue's on the line, and he's like, so I had to. I'm allowed to have one question in in, in amidst all the questions that the presenter was asking him. So I had to ask him, can I just can I just check? Was that premeditated? And he gave a really bland answer, yeah, but but. Of course that it was, was premeditated. Was. It was absolutely premeditated. Yeah. That's just yeah. the way they are with him. I actually got the impression from the game on Saturday, Mike, that actually Palace... I don't know if there was quite the frenzy maybe this time around from Watford, but Palace kind of handled everything quite well, quite professionally, and that seems to have been a common theme actually recently. I think we've, we've done the same with Brighton in the past and overhyped it and got the fan base absolutely whipped up to it into a frenzy. We think... Uh, the away game last year there was yeah. such this big build up to it it kind of worked when we beat them 3-2 at Sellhurst with Wilf's statement about I just want to beat them and send them back to where they came from yeah. and it's kind of whipped the us as fans or the majority of the fan base up into such a thing that actually the game which was I was there I was mm. invited by a friend one of my United fans who live in Brighton <laughs> his, his father's got uh, wonderful uh, corporate tickets in a very nice lounge <laughs> get lovely sausage rolls up in that lounge <laughs> Really lovely, but it was a horrible game because they were so hyped up over it. I think more because we'd try to hype it up. And it was nice to see there wasn't... It's a bit more level more recently. Obviously, there was the, the Harry the Hornet issue, with the uh, <laughs> which might, might have come up later in, in the thing. Um, and it, all these little things, it's... Uh, I think we've got... There's a, there's a level. If, if you overhype it from a, from a club's point of view and you, you do make it too much for the fans, and then it, it's going to... Eke into the into the matches, and they say the the match at um, Vicarage Road early in the season. It was a bit of a, a non-event as a football game, but there was a lot of niggles there. There was the yeah. the, the, really the poor refereeing yeah. there, where I mean, how Wilf got booked was yeah. because the ref wasn't even looking in the direction oh, yeah, of, of that, that yeah. foul from was it Cabalese? Cabaselli sort of yeah. ran across yeah. him, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and again, all these little things they say it does stem from. Um, from that game from at that Wembley, penalty. and I don't have a. I actually thought that Wilf deserved to be booked on Saturday. <laughs> well, I did because he actually he, pushed he, him in the face. Well, no, not for that. Oh, that no, no, right. no, when he for the actual caution that he oh, got. Right, right. I mean, he held on to him, and then he held yeah. it yeah. for a bit longer. Yeah. And that is a booking. And, yeah. he, and he was protesting it's his first offence. It doesn't really matter if it's his first offence or not. Yeah. I know in the context of you know you're likely to get provoked at some point. That was a bit of a soft one to be giving away, but they're great occasions. They're they're, they're really they intense, <laughs> really intense occasions, and. But that game was so tight, yeah. and I think Watford have got, got well, they've got some real quality in there. So yeah, yeah. Not, they shouldn't go down. They shouldn't be relegated. Um, not I don't when think... you compare them to some of the teams no. that have come. Look to at Villa, the, uh, utterly rudderless and sick West Ham, and... Bournemouth. Yeah, um, Newcastle were Newcastle, very, very poor when they yeah, came. Yeah, as well. I don't think Watford will go down. I think they will survive. But I just, I feel like we are Gary Richardson, by the way. Well, sorry, Gary, you're brilliant. I just feel like we've we've. Always under Roy, really, but recently we've been approaching games very professionally, very level-headedly, as, mm. as you said. Especially two games, two games that last season defined last season for a lot of people, and we lost those consecutively. And people were very angry, and I understand why. But this season we've played both of them perfectly, mm. come through them, mm. and it's changed the mood around the club massively. Mm. Um, so well done to them. I want to end part one just by quickly talking about Benteke, who um, we have mentioned recently on the pod quite a lot, and, and is playing a new role, James, almost, yeah. as, as a non-goal-scoring number nine. Um, PC, and he's also he's playing very well. He's done fantastically, yeah. Well, and obviously yeah. he was involved in the build-up to the goal as well. Twice, um, yeah. 
Uh, I mean, his well, first run, his initial oh, run yeah. forward from pretty much the halfway line, almost. One to turn. To yeah, spins the defender. Knock it out, n- n- knock it out to Wilf. Then it came back to him and he gave it to McCarthy and then knocked it over to Jordan. No, he's, he's um, you know, what's great, I think what's great is that the, the crowd, most of the crowd have never really lost faith in Benteke. You know, they sing him. I mean, I'm on the Homesdale and they just sing, him, sing his name the whole the whole time, you know, they love him. So to actually see him contributing so much to games, whereas before it was always if, it was always ifs and buts with Benteke. Yeah. But now he's contributing. And the fact he's not scoring, I don't think people don't really mind. They can see his work ethic. I mean, that little turn in the final minute yeah. of the court. Well, yeah, well, I P- mean, that was one of the greatest uh, PC Wires has seen. said, yeah. was that the best bit of time wasting ever? And I've seen <laughs> the clips from it. It was, it was great, wasn't brilliant. it? Yeah. We were in yeah. hysterics of that. We were just laughing. It was so brilliant. Because we were all just like leaning to try and see what was going Have on. Have you seen the clip as well from the, um, yes. uh, from the home st- uh, yeah. main stand? Of the ball boy, yeah, oh, yeah. Celebrating, yeah. celebrating every <laughs> turn. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Do you think there's a going back to slightly to the midfield thing? Yeah, it's James MacArthur who gives the ball to Benteke, and he gives it from yeah, right. well inside his own half. Yes, yeah. And then it's James MacArthur who accepts the ball yeah. in a forward area, I think, yes, from yeah. Wilf or from, 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 from Christian. Wilf, yeah, from Christian, and he's inside yeah. the yeah. opposition box, and he's just run yeah. the length of the pitch, and 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 he had a, he had a poor game by his yeah. high standards on Definitely, Saturday, yeah. um, but I mean. If you're going to illustrate industry and and workaholic attitude, well, that was it. Well, yeah, and also forward thinking. Yeah, it's all forward yeah. thinking. That was what was so great about that goal. I think it kind of sort of sums up what um, Adam and Rob said on one of the post matches that he's not a defensive midfielder. No. He's a box to box midfielder. I I noticed that. There's some lovely clips on social media of from the um, Sainsbury's end watching that goal from the Sainsbury's end. You see the run, and that just typifies Macca. Yes. Yeah. Win the ball, turn, mm. play a wonderful ball in, but not just give. Okay, I've done my bit. He's next thing. He's on the edge of the eighteen-yard box, ready to take the mm. the lay layoff from Benteke, and then plays the, the assist. Two hundred appearances this weekend, I think, coming up. Really? Wow! Which uh, for seven million pounds is a hell of a bargain. Exactly. Macca. Yeah. Blimey, he has been signing. And I, let's just round off by a nod to Ayu for another goal. Yeah. A great finish, mm. and I think I heard. Again, possibly sells your Rob on the post-match pod, saying that he he's edging towards being the player that scored the most goals in a Premier League season for Palace that isn't doesn't include spot kicks. Is that right? <laughs> that's a mad stat. That's classic Palace <laughs> stat. Chris Armstrong didn't do that. In Ooh, the, I, Chris I'm, Armstrong I'm wouldn't have scored many from uh, set pieces. No, no he wouldn't. Surprised. No. Oh, well, do you know what? We'll research it and we'll yeah. come back in a few weeks and forget so, about yeah, it. Right. He's scored a lot of very important goals. I think, I think the stat is, I think he's responsible or joint top with uh, AJ yeah. for goals that have, co- have won us points. Most, I think which is like 18, 18 points. points. Something like yeah. that. that is insane. And again, when you're talking about, you know, Macca, 7 million, 200 mm. appearances for 2.5 million. That is unbelievable. It's a steal, JD. It's steal. <laughs> um, right, uh, after the break, uh, we're going to have Don Fryfield <laughs> reading. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> from Jack and Ori, isn't it? <laughs> the Athletic. Oh, dear. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. 
Select Quote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome back to the Five Plan Podcast. Yay! Part two thirty-five. It's part two where we read an article from the Athletic, and um, we've actually got the author here today to read it. <laughs> so this week's article it's off the back of Hodgson signing that one-year extension to his contract. The article is called "Retaining Hodgson was Common Sense for Palace, but Summer will be the real test." By the one and only Dom Fifield. And now to give us a dramatic reading, Dominic Fifield. <laughs> Are we all sitting comfortably? (laughs) Then I'll begin. Oh dear. (laughs) I didn't write this. Um, Plenty of supporters have grumbled their way through much of this campaign, bemoaning a lack of zest or innovation out on the pitch. But even some of those might concede the manager deserves a chance to show what can be achieved when working with a deeper pool of talent. Yes, the initial priority of a club this size will always be survival. But Hodgson's sides have offered glimpses of life with the handbrake off when they have been sufficiently reinforced and at full complement. Memories drift to a team inspired by Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Yaron Kabai back in 2018, or to Michi Batshuayi delivering more cutting edge a year ago. Back in with quality recruits, and perhaps his team will play rather more expansively. Therein lies the hope. Beautiful. Wow. Absolutely amazing. beautiful. And, and, yeah, that, that was my reaction too. <laughs> Where's my hot chocolate? It's bedtime. Well, and, and, and I like that line though, therein lies the hope, because um, does does that make us think then, Dom, that this this summer is a big one, obviously, transfer-wise, but do you think that they might be a chance that they really will back him and give him players like your Rubens and your Johans and your Mitchies to actually genuinely push us on? <laughs> given you know, given the recent win- yeah, and, window, yeah. and I, I'm always quite optimistic about Palace in the transfer market. And I, in the last few windows, my hopes have been dashed, and that's probably been reflected in some of the copy um, that I've, I've produced as a result. I, I, I think that this is crunch time now. They've got, they know they've got the manager for one more year. Um, they, they know they've got an aging squad. They know they couldn't do what they wanted to do in January. Um, the targets they had in January that they couldn't bring in, I imagine they go straight back in for them, and they're all younger players. Um, they're, they're all the next wave of, of Crystal Palace's development. When you, you're talking about your your eight Nuries and your and your Nathan Ferguson's, certainly at fullback, and they'll, they'll have to find players of the same caliber and potential as as Kuame, as, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but this is the time to do it, and and if, you know the. The general message from the club, I mean, it's not explicit, obviously, but it, but it, the sort of sense is that, yes, they appreciate that they need to invest. They appreciate they need to instigate a rejuvenation um, within the squad um, and that the recruitment department will have the backing um, of the owners to do that in the summer. Now... I know we always go, we always lurch back into cliches and we say, oh, the manager needs to get the back. Managers don't buy players anymore. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen at any Premier League club, I don't think, unless Sam Allardyce is in charge. Um, it's, it, it's, it's simply, it's a recruitment department that's going out there and doing it. The point of the article 
the crux of the article, I thought, was this summer there cannot afford to be any divisions within the hierarchy of the club, whether that is manager, recruitment department, chairman, American investors, whatever. They all have to be seen from the same hymn sheet. They all, it's, it's not just identifying the type of player or the or the position they're playing, or, you know, the age of the player, they've actually got to agree on specific players, mm. and they've actually got to get make sure they, they get those players in. We can't be in a situation, again, where the last week of the window comes up and the majority of the business hasn't been done, mm. in my opinion. Look, they may dis- disagree with all that. They may be quite happy with the strategy they, they've had, but I would, I would suggest that this, the sense of disgruntlement that, that surfaced at the end of January, at the beginning of February, reflected how the fan base felt that, and really how a lot of people within the hierarchy felt they need to, to progress this club. Do you, uh, Dom, do you think the fact that we're now on 39 points and, you know, touch, touch wood, we're safe and we are a Premier League next, <laughs> club next season, that that, that that recruitment or those that talk can start happening now rather had, than rather than it being in April when we still don't know whether we're going to be If I'm honest, down. I think it started, it's already started in January. I think Good. it happened probably towards the end of last year. That oh, they... Okay. they they don't get enough credit for earmarking talent. Right, okay. They get a lot of criticism for not bringing that talent in. Right. And I'm, you know, I've leveled Which, some yeah, of them yeah, of out of them. In fact, we all have in this, yeah. around this table. It's, and it, because we're all, we all want to see the club mm. progress. We all want to, we, we, you know, mm. affect, we love the last seven years and we want it to carry on. We don't want it to sort of hit a wall and, and an old squad to get older and older and older until and the manager leaves and suddenly we haven't actually got anything to, to cling on to for the future. And, and, and I'm sure they've got, they've got a chairman who cares passionately about the football club and his, everything he does is, is with the best interests of the club at heart. So he knows what needs to be done. They've got, They've got a sporting director who I know gets criticised a lot in this room, but I, I think he has been trying. He's been earmarking the right kind of player. He just hasn't been able to bring them in. They've also got a manager who's got his heart is in the club as well, mm-hmm. but a manager who has to also look forward. He has to he has to appreciate that maybe some of these players that they bring in will benefit his successor more than yeah. they benefit him. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I, yeah. So I think I think it's important. From my point of view, I'm a, I've always been a big Roy fan ever since I first heard he was from Croydon when I think he signed for Inter all those years ago. And yeah. I sort of like, oh, Croydon boy could speak 12 languages or whatever you can sing. <laughs> and watching Football Italia on a, on a Sunday oh, afternoon, hearing that. about that, and he yeah. was from Croydon. It's Go like, wow, Axel! I wish you'd think. I think it's important for a couple of reasons. I think to get it done, the new contract signed early was important because you've got that whole scenario of a bit of stability, a bit of continuity. We, we, I believe there's a number of players coming to the end of contracts if we're going to retain them, move them on, there needs to be a bit of continuity there. I think any incoming, I'm with Dom, I'd like to see that as a fan, mm. knowing Roy and the way Roy likes to bed players in, you want to see him come in 1st of July, not yeah. on the 31st of August. Um, because if Roy's going to bring somebody new, he's a, a routine guy. He wants them to play his way. He's, they're going to have to learn that role. Particularly um, if they're going to Australia on a pre-season tour. Exactly, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah you've got course. the travel yeah. time there. It's, it's um, Yeah, we, so I got caught up board the other day just checking how much it was going to cost to go to uh, <laughs> go to that. <laughs> well, side. coronavirus has lowered exactly. claim prices, actually. Um, but, um, yeah. but, yeah, you've got those sorts of things. That's, that's going to be a big chunk of their pre-season. I remember talking to somebody about the Hong Kong one, and that was a big upheaval for, yeah. for, the, for the whole uh, training sort of regime, mm. the, 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 
this whole scenario of the travel, the time things, the, the humidity. It, it was a, a real sort of, um, not a spanner in the works. It was there for whatever reasons, but it, it did make that pre-season a bit disjointed. Um, to do all that early, get the players on that trip, they're going, and whatever other pre-season games we've got, because Roy's going to want to bed those players in. If he started that at three or four games into the season... Yeah, you're behind. You're behind the yeah, curve, and and bit. it's interesting, Dom. You're saying about they're targeting the right players. It's just the transfers aren't happening because when they do happen, Toby Kinder has sent us in a question saying, "Was our quote shocking transfer window of last summer, in fact, the best ever? Cahill plus McCarthy plus IU for five point five million. So the right players are being targeted, and when it happens, actually, these are the right kind of pieces for our club. But it's just that the, there are complications in transfers. I get that, but it's disappointing when. They don't happen, the backups don't happen, and we're left with a striker who comes on loan and then gets injured. Yeah, and look, it was a good summer, but you knew what you were... So Palace knew what they were buying when they bought those three players in. They'd had that IU for a year, and he's, he's actually improved this season. Mm. Cahill, I mean, Cahill is such quality, and it was a mystery how, that... How he didn't go he just, to well, Arsenal or yeah, something I mean, like that. I mean, Arsenal's be kicking themselves. They yeah. bought the wrong centre-half, didn't they? Yeah. I saw somebody say that... Um, United could have saved themselves a lot of heartache and seventy-five million if they brought him in instead of the only thing, The only thing is, yeah. of course, that that Cahill suits Palace because yeah. he 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 doesn't. He's not going to press high up. He's he's not a, a player that's going to suit in a team that's that's playing further up the pitch. Um, McCarthy was a risk, but it's a risk that's really really paid off handsomely. But but the ideal scenario would have been to have brought three of those experienced players in for next to nothing, but also brought in three youngsters who were going to be the next generation yeah. to, to develop and I, but they did try they, they tried and, and for, for one reason or another it didn't happen I think that's where some of the fan base are a little bit are we missing out on people with Madison the those sorts of guys, you know, how were? Yeah, but, but every club, I mean, yeah, exactly. like nineteen yeah. Premier League clubs exactly. could say that. Exactly, yeah. But the, the the fact is, it's they're three well-known players. They, where's the recruitment side of that? But we've got <coughs> some great players, and they've worked out. I, mean, I remember Roy in a press conference or in an, an interview or something saying that we kind of knew McCarthy was good, but we didn't realise how good he was. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's testament to the guy. I can't. I think it was Rob on the post-match saying that all the Everton fans were going like, "You're going to yeah. love this guy." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a real shame that the injuries and stuff like that. So, and, he, and to be honest, yeah. I watched. I went to Stanford Bridge on Sunday, yeah. and he would get in that Everton team now, yeah. and he would have made a big difference to them. Mm. I mean, he's 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 a cut above Andre Gomez at the moment, unfortunately, for given Gomez's injury. Um, yeah. But you know, this is what this is what happens. It's Roy did a thing with the supporters' trust before Christmas, where he was talking about uh, they were getting a lot of questions about uh, why aren't we raiding the championship? Why aren't we bringing the best players in the championship? Well. <laughs> Because they cost thirty to forty million yeah, pounds, yeah. <laughs> that's why. Um, and Palace aren't in a position to spend that much money. And, and even when we were linked with Jared Bowen, and you know Hull were trying to explore the possibility of giving to us on loan and with mm. a view to a permanent, the player was asking for money that Palace weren't prepared to to pay. Is it no so, relegation clause or all these yeah, sorts and, of rumours you hear? And, and the weekly wage. I mean, it was just grand, way, no, way no, too much. No pay cut if they go down. It's it's just. There has to, yes, you have to approach this all with a, some perspective and 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 not get panicked. But but that said, I don't think they can. They can't have another window like they had in January. In the what summer. do you think the reason is why we can't get these players over the line? 
Well, Ferguson didn't have a knee. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I'm talking, more, didn't I'm have talking a knee. more generally rather than actually individually. <laughs> Do you think it's, are, are we not seen as the right type of club for some of these players, you know? Are we seen as not that glamorous? Or are we seen as a club that have always got the potential to go down? We're not that secure? I, I don't know. Possibly, the, possibly the, unfairly, the, the latter, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Mm. But I, I, January, January is a dreadful time to be doing yeah, business. I mean, there was, I was slightly, slightly wary ahead of January when the, the noises from the club were quite positive about what they'd be able to do in January. No one really does a lot of business that is planning long term in January. No, it's, no. it's usually stuff that you might get the odd, you might sign up a guiter on pre-contracts, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. But you're not really bringing in a teenager who's going to be your right back in three years' time. <laughs> no, um, so I think the mistakes that were really made were probably back last summer. And, and back then, I imagine there was there were issues with, with funding. Um, the Wambasaka money, yeah, I think Steve Parrish sort of explained a yeah, lot of that. Lot of that was actually a very interesting and interview and, and yeah, so interest and stuff like that. It was interesting, actually, to, to hear that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out this summer, you know. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. it will be a good one. I forgot to read out the uh, the little copy at the start of this. I'm going to do it, just in case. Um, the Athletic, of course, is a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace, subscription-based website and app. <laughs> and they're completely ad-free. No ads, no non-pop-ups, just brilliant articles. That was just the one long time. ad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you work for them. Um, <laughs> uh, if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIP, you can get a 30 day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription and read more excellent articles uh, like that one from Dom, although he won't read them for you, unfortunately. Uh, you only get that on know. this podcast. Well, he might. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a fee. For <laughs> <laughs> a subscription. Read, read personally. I'll bring you up. Right. Uh, after the break, we've it's got. Slightly sinister, though, isn't it? It's, it's a little, little bit. bit. It's a little bit weird, yeah. yeah. Let's right, just let's actually play. move on from that. Um, after the break, We've got questions from our listeners. Uh, welcome back to the Fire Pan Podcast. Hey. Hey. It's question time. Um, uh, we've got loads of questions about coronavirus. I'm going to read one of them out and we can move on. Um, Alan Williams says, would qualifying for, for Europe, but being able to travel as fans have got coronavirus be... <laughs> yes, it would indeed. And actually, Isaac Church sent us the same question. Um, we have actually had a few a few questions genuinely about Europe. Do we do we want to do we want to pay a bit of uh, attention to that? Adamski Adam Sinski has said, "Could the panel give us our percentage rated chance of a miraculous European finish?" Um, no, grow up, everyone! Come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, all right, we're football fans, we can dream. But let's be realistic about this. Anyway, we're already pre-booked in Australia in July. We can't do qualifiers. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Dom. It's probably not going to happen, but it is, it is nice, isn't it, to have the narrative. Okay. I remember the Everton game a few weeks ago, when before that, on BT, they were talking about Palace going to get sucked into it, Palace are a mess. And three weeks later, they're genuinely talking about our Palace going to Europe. Like, It's nice it, the narrative changed a bit. It's nice not to be thinking about relegation and, and having to worry about Kevin's bit of paper. Oh yeah, and, and, and having to go right, we're going to get three points from there. That's a must-win game. That's a six-pointer. To be thinking, oh, actually, where we could finish above Spurs and Arsenal and nick a Europa spot and, and stuff like that. That's a nice thing to have that we're yeah. not used to having. But reality, have we got a squad that could do what Wolves have done this year? What have they played like sixty games already? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a true. big ask to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, yeah. If we did somehow luck out and get into Europe, we would be. 
we'd have to have a huge summer of transfers yeah. because we would be absolutely decimated, wouldn't we, in, in Europe next yeah, season? Under, under twenty three would be. Do you get a lot of TV money yeah. for Europa League? Not an awful lot. No, Chelsea didn't generate that much by winning it last season. Right, it's okay. a big difference from listening to Kevin's other pod. There's a big difference in in the prize money, yeah. and um, it's all yeah. paid out on wins and draws. There's no guaranteed massive payout, right, okay. uh, and it's not. I think. I think Chelsea was like 25, something yeah. like that, million for, right. for winning it. It's not Champions League yeah. qualification. It's not 60 million guaranteed. Right, okay. um, it's all pay, sort of paid on points type, type sort of stuff. The away day in Azerbaijan, though, would be f***ing brilliant. <laughs> that would be, be typical Palace. That would be. That would be. lovely. Yeah. Been loads, yeah. That's great. Yeah. It'll be... It's a four-day journey to get there. <laughs> yeah, but what yeah. a journey. Bike to Azerbaijan. <laughs> um, as, you, as we alluded to earlier, we are on 39 points, and you know, most we've had at this stage of the season, and, and 49 is our best ever, and I said on the last part, I think we're going to get 50 points, and we are sort of on current form heading towards it, and, and Colin A. Squires has sent us uh, a question in on a similar vein, saying we've safety guaranteed, oh, calm down Colin, with uh, nine games to go. Yeah, oh, don't say that word. Um, <laughs> that was 49 that. points. That was 49 We've got to get 50 now. Yeah. <laughs> that was 49, that was, was it? 49. It was, yeah, that was pre-Premier League. Oh, that was yes. Premier League, wasn't that it? That was, that, was that, was the, that was the first season of Premier League. league. Yeah. Was that 22 teams in the division? Yeah. Mr. Copper was adamant yes. that we'd stayed up and he had a very oh, big barber at his golf me. club. The night oh, after really? we... Was it, was it <gasps> Ipswich or somebody we beat? He was convinced we'd stayed up and he went back to the golf club that my friends were members of and he was a member of and he ran up a very, very big bar bill celebrating it allegedly Ooh. and then Oldham did what Oldham did <laughs> oh dear so as long as Roy avoids, avoids golf clubs before yeah, the end of the right. season yeah. we'll be fine <laughs> well <laughs> Colin that is typical Palace to yeah. uh, bring it to Oldham I said yeah. um, do you think this has been our most successful season in the Premier League maybe not display wise <laughs> but stress wise <laughs> excellent um, it's, I mean, it's on course too, isn't it? And in fact, actually, I've got another question from uh, Mike Wicks, who um, I literally met outside in the foyer because he's here for a conference. Um, and this is sort of talking about Roy, but also about our uh, points. He's put... Roy's got... And this was before last week's pod, actually. Fifth, at the time, 55 points from his last 38 Premier League games. So what that be now? 58 points from his last 39 if you plot out our 38-game rolling points average during Roy's tenure, he's getting better all the time. His lowest 38-game sequence is 42. His highest was briefly 60, and he's currently sitting at 55. So that 50-point mark is he's, in... He's ninth, isn't he, in the, in the Premier yeah, League since he came in? League, yeah. which, which is, uh, you know, I think that's us probably yeah. punching above our, our weight slightly. Just about. I think, I think that's about us. Yeah. Ninth, ninth tenth. Yeah, tenth, I think that's about right, right yeah. Is, yeah, so we're sort of on, on course. I think, really. I think our points per game, if it carries on for the rest of the other nine games, I think we're on for 51, 52 points. But we have got, as you alluded, we've got think, some yeah. tricky, yeah, tricky, tricky games towards the end. The last three home games aren't yeah. great. No, Wolves, Wolves away, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Tottenham, Tottenham yeah. United. I mean, United are playing into a bit of form. Leicester away. Yeah. So I'm glad we've got the points in the bank yeah well we have actually we've come you know that Christmas period was a bit uh, or sort of just after Christmas we were we were tired as a squad we were disappointing and we lost games we should have won but we've sort of played our way back into it actually and in fact we've had a question from Ray Ward who says as we inch towards finishing 10th or 11th he says are we progressing to the median which is one for Andy Street Um, and on the big games actually Chaz Lucas 
And this is, this is again what Palace do. I said, what big scalp are we most likely to claim between now and the end of the season? Because, you know, on in, Liverpool, isn't it? There probably will be one, won't there? <laughs> well, Liverpool, Liverpool now can Anfield. win. Because of the City game, losing to United, they can now win the title by playing us. So they Well, they could have won it by then as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, depending on how City yeah, get on. Yeah. City yeah, yeah. playing to Arsenal Wednesday, tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah. And then yeah. they've got to play Everton, haven't they? So it could be almost sealed by the time our game comes around. So it won't matter that when we, when be we beat them. That could be behind closed door anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, it could be, there could be no one there. Um, OK, let's move on to... We've had a lot of questions about um, centre-backs at the moment. And we talked about uh, Dan and, and Cahill earlier. Um, and Actually, the theme throughout the pod this season has been... When we're starting off the season saying, oh, we've got, we're stacked at centre-back, we're going to be absolutely fine. And of course, they've one by one been sort of picked off by injury <laughs> until we've been left with not only our last choice centre-backs, but uh, Chiarte coming in and, and doing a job there as well. But a lot of people are praising Dan and Cahill. Mm. Um, you almost forget that we've got Sacco and Tompkins out yeah, injured I mean, and I, coming I, back. I've always preferred Tompkins and Cahill together, but, you know, I you know, hold my hands up. I think the pairing of Cahill and Dan over the last few games has been amazing. I mean, just the fact we've got clean sheets. And just, I was watching them both, especially Cahill, and we, we, we talk about him a lot on this pod, you know, the way he talks to the the rest of the defence and the team is just constantly constantly chatting and pointing and moving and getting them moving around and Dan's Dan is rising to the occasion I think mm. any any sense about this playing with Cahill just becomes a better player mm. and, it's, and, it, and it's that classic thing you put any player in a, in a team you know if you've got better players around them they'll perform better and I think having Cahill in that defence and you've got a great goalkeeper behind you as well that's mm. why you know we're starting to build we're you know I'm Heaven forbid we're, we're, we're fortress Selhurst again, but we're on our way. <laughs> certainly felt more confident going to Selhurst this last Definitely, season. Yeah. And yeah. I think from the centre-backs point, that you've got five, five centre-backs. You could pick a pairing yeah. each game and feel very comfortable that they're going to play well together. At the beginning of the season, you, everyone was going Cahill and Kelly. You know, Martin, oh, God, Martin great Kelly, yeah. Kelly yeah. And, and then obviously we had the injury to, to, to Wardy and he got pushed out there and... I think you could probably ask most fans what their number one pairing would be, and you could get a with five centre halves. Yeah. You could get some very mixed combinations, and, and think actually that's not yeah, too bad. They'd all be okay. And just on Cahill, <clears throat> Philip Darcy, I said, should Cahill keep the captaincy permanently? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I do actually. I just for what I was just saying, I think he's you know as as much as I I love Luca, and I think you know everything is. Done and is doing for the club. I think Cahill's just an, he's got mm. a little bit more experience. Um, the players obviously respect him, and he's an amazing player. He's a, he's a brilliant player. You know, obviously next season he's going to be a year older. He he, he, he looks as fit as a fiddle. I mean, you know, he mm. doesn't really look as old as he is, and he's obviously enjoying it. There's a great interview with him on Match of the Day at the mm. weekend, uh, which was nice, and you know. Um, and he's he seems to be really enjoying himself. And I think if he hadn't gone to an Arsenal or one of these other clubs, he may not have been enjoying it as much, you know, because the, the amount of pressure on him would have been yeah. too much. Whereas this is there yeah. were there were no great expectations from Palace fans really about yeah. Kale. We all knew he was a good player. player. Yeah. We all knew he was a great player. He did a great pedigree. But I think we've he's really won the fans' uh, support and love I by think, just great performances. I think, you know, any player that can win it rather than it coming with it, if you know what I mean. I think, yeah, yeah. A, I think he's thing. bought into the club as well. Yeah, I think he has, definitely. Uh, same with uh, with Vicente. I think he's really yeah. bought into the club and that's um, kind of a big thing. And I think that's a major factor in how confident the two centre-halves are. It's yeah, because Vicente's been so wonderful. Mm. You know, I was watching him on Saturday and it was like, he's like 
well, is this what the Premier League is? It's, this is quite it's easy. Yeah. He's gone from being hyperactive. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. you saying many years, yeah. uh, beginning of the season <laughs> when you was. saw him, it was wonderful watching him warming up, actually <laughs> going to warm up with the rest of the substitutes, kicking the ball around, doing doing those mm. sort of skills mm. things. And it, and on Saturday, he was like, well, is this what the Premier League is? It's like, well, this is quite easy. He looks yeah. that confident yeah. and that relaxed. when the ball. He's got the ball and it's like, OK, well, where am I going to get it? And, and I think that's a major factor in why the two in front of him, or the yeah. four in front of him, especially the middle two, look so confident. Yeah, because he's so solid. He's great. He's yeah. a proper Palace goalkeeper <laughs> that we all know and love, and we've moved on. And actually, Dom, I got a question for you from Rob Leonard, and he says, "Is a good defence the currency of the Premier League? Teams with a suspect back line seem to be getting found out now more than ever. Will this be reflected league-wide next season due to the relative success of Palace, Burnley, and Sheffield United this season?" I guess it's a spawn of the calibre of the forward in the in the division. I mean, you look at Aston Villa in recent weeks, even when they played Tottenham the other week, it's fantastic to watch, amazing games of football, but my God, they can't defend at all. And they've got John Terry on the staff, who you know, oh, you yeah. imagine would be <laughs> telling them how to head a football out. But they, I mean, they were an absolute mess that night. They got hammered by Leicester City mm. last night. I, I suspect if you, I don't know, I don't think Cardiff City defended particularly well last season. Huddersfield were a joke at the back. Mm. If you If you have a poor back line... You found out in this division. It's brutal. It's absolutely, it's, it's you know, it's ruthless. Every, every chance, well, the majority of chances that are created get taken. It seems, and that's because of the the caliber of forward. I, I mean, it would be nice to have in Palace's team to have a sort of natural goal scorer somewhere to incorporate that and work it within the system so that we can do that kind of damage to to teams as well. Because you know, if we go to Villa Park later this season. And Villa pass up as many chances as they do. I mean, how many goals are we realistically going to score? We, we, I can see it's winning, yeah. but it's not going to be the three or four goal no. that everybody else has. Against one, yeah. one nil to the Palace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was thinking that on Saturday. Is that we are going to have to start chanting that in we the are, Arsenal, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, when was the last time for you, for the, all the statos out there that we won three games one nil on the trot? Probably under Pulis, he must have probably had a similar, yeah, possibly had yeah. a similar run. But the talk about the defence is why I'm always fairly confident under Roy that we're going to be okay because that's one of the certainties of a Roy team is that the defence will be will be solid. Yes, the forward line, you know, well, they, we struggle I'm, a bit, but we know we're going to be okay. They are they're the players in the team that we we all know we can rely on. We can mm-hmm. rely on the keeper. We can rely on our centre backs. We know we can. Whoever we're playing, if we're playing Liverpool or Villa, we know that those, yeah. especially those three, the two centre backs and the goalkeeper, are solid. Whatever the pairing is, and, and defensive you know, midfielders, and, well. and, and defensive midfielders, well, yeah, absolutely. And you've got a striker who's working. You know all that cliche about first line of defence and all that. It's true. Europe, though, well, we're we're off to Europe. Benteke. Mate. Remember balls Benteke hits out from corners, from yes, from opposition yeah, yeah. corners from yeah. the edge of our six-yard yeah. box. Yeah. About three or four on Saturday. Yeah, like. yeah. He he does more than people think from yeah. that point of view. He's he's on the front post. He's there to get that that early ball yeah. in uh, from the corners, the, the, the near post one, and he wins nine out of ten of those. Yeah. Rarely it gets past him if that ball's played in that area. And he's he's changed as a player. I mean, my question got asked last week about him. Is, is he there more to supply <clears throat> Wilf and Ayu than the other way around now? And he does seem to be that sort of linchpin that the ball's being played up to. And Ayu and Wilf, and you, you saw that on Saturday with the goal, it was a classic one. Mm. The ball was played mm. into him, he turned well. Um, and it, it just makes you wonder if, if that's what Roy's coached him into as, as much as anything. Well, our front three, 
can nick a goal as long as we stay in the game yeah, and we're which there, we always do um, there's enough talent up there for somebody to and, and IU showing that it used to be Wilf and I think yeah. Wilf, maybe IU is getting a little bit more freedom because Wilf's occupying it um, we're going to nick a goal here or there as long as we stay in it and that will be what Roy is trying to do we could always go back to the Pardew we'll score five if you score four type action put the ball at which, risk so exactly, we'll score four like, if you score five yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately unfortunately he didn't quite get the match right did he is that, Alan? As, as he's doing in Holland at the moment yeah well anyway, look, we'll, we'll round off on a question about goals actually from Toft C Toft C CPFC who says um, hi guys thanks for answering my question last week there you go two on the bounce mate um, who do you reckon has scored the best goal this season? P.S. Love the pod, thanks. And he's added in a palace shirt, that is, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and he's also added not one of Sorloff's in Turkey. Um, we won't talk about Sorloff for one week. Uh, for me, it's got to be uh, Jordan Ayew against West Ham. Hands down. Oh, yeah, oh, well, yeah. That, yes, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a technical goal, that was it's a right in front of me in the, in the, in the stand. I'd be able to see that, the way he took it, and the pirouette was mm. just... Outstanding, yeah, it was, and it was Boxing Day as well. It's yeah. well we're all and in, it was West Ham. We're, we're, it was West Ham. <laughs> we're all in great. We're all in a great mood. Yeah, this is amazing. Goal. It's going to be a goal, goal, of, goal of the season, isn't it? It'll be Crystal Palace's goal of the season. Palace, yeah. Uh, right. Thank you very much for your questions. Sorry, these ones we couldn't read out. Got a lot this week, but please keep sending them in. After the break, we're going to preview Palace's next game, which is a trip down to the south coast to play Bournemouth. time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Uh, welcome back to the final part of the Five Plan Podcast. Uh, Palace are going down to play Bournemouth at the weekend. Um, before we talk about that, I realised at the start, start of the pod, Mike, I wanted to ask you about uh, your work in golf. Because when we had the Christmas drinks for patrons uh, back in December, yeah. you were re-reeling off stories about some of the footballers that you've had in uh, yeah. and that you've worked with. Yeah. Is there any you can um, mention? I'm lucky to, uh, to do what I do. Um, I work for a, a big... Co- uh, company makes golf clubs I work for Callaway Golf little plug in there for the for the company um, I'll invoice them later and <laughs> we actually do look after quite a lot of uh, the match of the day guys to a certain degree There's a lot of the ex-footballers we tend to see uh, the likes of um, Alan Shearer's been in Wrighty's been in many times uh, Janus um, they're all fantastic guys very competitive um, I also look after a, a few of the, the current team have been in um, the likes of Kells and Scotty Dan have been in and, and come and see me to get their golf clubs. They're all, uh, all all fanatical golfers and they're great guys. They're absolutely fantastic guys and they're always very uh, very appreciative of uh, what we do for them and, and, and it's great and it's uh, it's always interesting hearing the stories about uh, various things from them. Yeah, I, I, I imagine you probably can't yeah, share a lot of them there's, on there's the There's a few, few little things podcast. that you hear. But no, I, I, Tell I, I, me later. Yeah. I had, a, had, a, had a lovely, lovely <laughs> conversation you, with, uh, <laughs> lovely conversation with Connor Wickham. I know, I'm good to um, a journalist. With regard to... Uh, it seemed when uh, we used to be the the, the, the darling of VAR, and uh, I was saying to him, I said, what's it like playing with VAR? And he said, it's really strange. It's yeah. like we really don't know where we are with it, because but it seems to like us at the moment, but um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's always interesting when the guys which, come in. Which players had the best swing from Palace? Kells. 
Really? Oh yeah, God, he's, I love Mike yeah, Kelly. Yeah, Kelsey's a he's a very competent golfer. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, very he's good at everything, isn't he? Golfer. They all tend to be. <laughs> yeah, he's, Janus, unbelievable. He's, he's, I only t- when he came to see me uh, about eight nine months ago. Um, I was, how long have you been playing? He went well, seriously, about eight or nine months. And it's like he's got eight handicap or something. He wow. absolutely rips it. Wow. Um, a lot of footballers are good at other sports. Eye for a ball, you see. Yeah. Eye for a yeah. ball. Oh, it's like all these things. Is they're used to doing things to a professional level. So if they take something up, yeah, uh, and probably one of the keenest is Jason Punchin. Um, you know, I'm almost like a little. I feel like a, a little sort of um, dealer. And you get a text from Jason. I need some more golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> I got that yesterday afternoon. I was out for lu- walking out for lunch. You know, text message goes, Jason. I need some more golf balls. <laughs> it's like that. What do you want, Jason? And, and they once they've they've used to doing something with their time and once they start something and I'm the same to a certain degree I'm a professional golfer by trade so anything I do I want to do to the best of my ability and because they've got the time yeah, they all do it really well also, and they all think they should be better than they mm-hmm. are at the moment and that's a great trait and you see it with all those things you you see the the, the dancing on ices and the, the streaking the, the sportsmen always really do do well because they take it seriously because the they're used edge. to taking yeah, yeah. it and we have a it's Shamelessly ripped off from Top Gear, the old star in the reasonably priced car. We have a longest drive on the screen, on, on the thing. And if they notice somebody on there that they know, yeah. <laughs> they will stay there until they've hit it as hard as they possibly can to try and beat those guys. Amazing. Um, oh, they're also, all the same. That was the first thing that Scotty Dan saw. He saw Kel's name right there. It's like, uh, can I have a go with the driver? Who's top then? Brilliant. Out of those lot, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Dan. Uh, Scott, yeah. Also, as we know, Jason Punchin got a good swing on him. So. Um, <laughs> We should do an FYP golf day. We should, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, um, we need to get J- JD Senior. He's, he's, he's the JD uh, that plays golf. I he's understand. the one JD that's good at golf in our yeah, family. We need to get him in <laughs> um, and sort it out. He would love that. Oh, big we'll time. organise that. Definitely. Oh, brilliant. Um, let's talk about Palace. I, I could talk about that for all day. Actually, that's really interesting stuff. Um, Bournemouth away at the weekend. Um, end, one nil. Enders. Uh, one nil. To probably Palace. good time to play Bournemouth as well. You know, our record. We drew one, or was it one all down there last season? We had a couple of draws down there. Um, I think yeah. you know it's it's a good time to play anybody when you've just won your last three games and the confidence is high. You 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 know we're not mathematically safe, but let's be let's be honest. You know it looks like you know, we are going to be safe. The, and it's just it's it'll be you know going into a game full of confidence is always adds so much percentage to the way the players play and you know and how they perform. I'm you know I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll find some dodgy stream to watch it on. Obviously. Don't say that. No, you'll be, you'll be listening on the doing. radio. Oh, you'll be listening on the wireless. Bournemouth FM. I expect, Dom, it'll be very similar actually to the last couple of games, probably similar to the away game at Brighton, similar to the home game against Watford. It'll probably be the same lineup and it'll probably be a close one yeah. goal in it. Yeah. As expected. Yeah. I'll just have a look at Bournemouth. I've got, I've got my version of Kev's crib sheet, which I, I created <laughs> out of panic and a few months back. But the um, their, their last nine games are not easy, and, and they'll, they'll look at Palace at home and Newcastle at home, maybe Southampton at home, as they're the three games they have to win. So I'd imagine that Palace will go there, try and be as tight as possible, play on their anxiety, um, keep it nil-nil for as long as they can. And then capitalise late on on the counter, and yeah, you, and the way the way Palace are playing at the moment, you can see that happening. Um, albeit Bournemouth's performances of late have been slightly more encouraging at home to Chelsea. They were quite decent, and they were good they at, well at well, Liverpool, well. didn't they? Yeah, they did, they did okay. very well. And although Liverpool were having a bit of a sort of yeah. a rocky patch, oh, yeah, they have a bit of a wobble. They're twenty-five points clear. 
they probably be all right. We've, we've got about a minute left, guys, before we get chucked out of the studio. So quickly, your prediction then for, for Saturday? I think it's going to be a, a, a Brighton-esque thing. I think they're, they're, they've got to win it. So they're going to give us space at the back. And if we're solid, I think I think 2-1. I'll take I that. 1-0 to the Palace. I'd, I'd say it's likely to be a draw, but I'd, I'd love it if Palace won it. And four on the bounce would be incredible this time of year. It would be good, and that would be another stat for someone to check. Yeah, four yeah. one nils on the bounce would love it. I think it'd be one nil Palace as well, which is our new uh, thing. Um, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for being here. What a great pod! Went to so many places. Mike, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, thank you, Mike. Absolutely. What a debut! What go. a debut! Much better than Valerian Ishmael's. Um, <laughs> I was there for that. <laughs> Enders, thanks very much for thank being you. here. Thanks for inviting me, James. And you can read Dom. Thanks, Peter. You can read about. Larry and Ishmael very soon? Yeah, I'll read it out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Exclusive, before it goes to print. <laughs> that'd be great. Thank you for joining us, Dom. And thank you very much for listening. We're back next week. Uh, obviously, the post-match pod from Brighton will be uh, there with... From, from, from Bournemouth. I've uh, got Brighton on the brain. With uh, Rob and Selzy. You can get that at our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Otherwise, enjoy your week. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Now this is a Dunkin' Run. A $3 sausage, egg, and cheese with a medium or larger coffee. I'm going on a Dunkin' Run. You want anything? Oh, a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant and a hot coffee. You got it. Wait, oh, oh, actually, a sausage, egg, and cheese and an iced coffee. Time for a Dunkin' Run. Add a $3 sausage, egg, and cheese to a medium or larger coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. Offer valid with the purchase of a medium or larger coffee. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Podcast Network.